I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to The Tradar, a trader's podcast. My name is David Bloomberg, and I'll be one of your co-hosts for season two of The Traders U.S., Today, we're talking about the Traders US episodes one to three. And I'm Matthew, and this podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants. And this is now season eight of the podcast, dedicated to season two of the Traders US. And if you're wondering why are there eight seasons of this podcast, it's because... The Tradar has also covered Traitors Australia Seasons 1 and 2, US Season 1, UK Series 1, Traitors Canada, Survivor UK, and currently we are in the middle of covering the Traitors UK Series 2. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't already know me, uh, I've been covering reality TV for over 23 years. Those of you who do already know me, like fast forward like 30 seconds. Uh, I've covered it online in, in newspaper columns and on my own reality TV websites. Then I moved into podcasting, mostly on the Rob Has a Podcast Network, where I've now done for over eight years uh, covering U.S. Survivor, as well as expanding to U.S. Big Brother for several years. And then, of course, I've been here. Uh, in addition, I post reality TV videos on TikTok, YouTube and Instagram and talk quite a bit about the topic on Twitter and really anywhere that anyone will listen. And because I've been covering reality TV for so long, I am very familiar with the former Survivor and Big Brother players in particular. As for me, as well as podcasting about the traitors and generally letting the traitors consume my life. I am a writer of all sorts of things, fiction and poetry and creative nonfiction and arts reviews, and I work in TV development. Now, because we're talking about all three of the first episodes that dropped uh, at the same time here, we're going to be a little lighter on the details than we normally are because we don't want this to be like a five hour podcast. But we'll be sure to discuss all of the important information. And yes, it will be a little longer than usual, just not as long as it could be. 
And of course, on the trader, we always play a game. This is the trader traitor. So for anybody listening who doesn't know, David and I will be playing our own game of betrayal and deception. Our not-so-secret mission from here on in is to tell a lie to one another throughout this podcast. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small. It could be about the show, it could be about ourselves, it could be about anything at all, as long as we fool the other person. For example, I could lie and say that I've gained access to John's medical records and he, in fact, does not have asthma. <laughs> However... Our lie can't be a fake opinion, like saying we think or feel John was a fantastic politician in his time, when in reality we think that he stunk. That wouldn't count. So we're looking for <laughs> fake facts, not fake opinions. At the end of this long episode, we will then put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. David, for the second time today kind of <laughs> are you ready to lie to me i am excellent but it feels weird saying excellent that i want yes. someone to lie to me <laughs> in that case i'm ready to and our game begins now all right and so does this recap With episode one, we begin with glimpses of the players being welcomed to the castle by drums and flags and eventually Alan Cummings. Uh, he says this may be the most important game they've ever played because the winner will get up to a quarter of a million dollars. Sandra is sitting there with her two million, Parvati with her million, Dan with his half million, all thinking, nope, not the most important. Uh, we... we... <laughs> We see a few early encounters in the house, including what I think is actually the most important, uh, Sandra and Parvin. Now, they came into this house on definitely not good terms due to feuding through the years. As Parvati noted, there is some contention about who is the true queen of Survivor. Now, there's never been a doubt in my mind. It's Sandra. <laughs> and in fact... I'm so, it's so funny you said that because I had written, who is the Queen of Survivor? Uh, yes. I'll need to ask David. And I've, I've written, I'm going to guess it's not poverty. Yes. <laughs> so I was right to guess that. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, you know, the, the season that poverty won was the one, so this links everything together, was one of the times that Sheri was knocked out by circumstances beyond ah. her control. Okay. That was when it was supposed to be a final three, but it turned into a final two. She had a plan to get to final three with people she could beat, but then those people knocked her out in third place and Parvati won instead. And before anyone writes in to say, no, 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 Parvati still would have won. Let me tell you the answer is yes, 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 yes. Sari would have still won. So don't even go there. Uh, but anyway, switching topics here. Uh, or no, I mean, continuing with the topic, uh, Peppermint gets the two of them talking and they shake hands and make an apparent alliance uh, because a lot of what happened actually was on social media after the fact in more recent years, uh, because Sandra always is very out there about being the queen. And then Parvati was like, well, are you really? And so uh, there was a little bit of a stirring up on social media. And of course, the fans join in and, and things like that. So Peppermint, like I said, gets them together. They shake hands. Now, 
just before the episode aired, I saw a mini interview with both of them. And it seems like this conversation went on for longer and they talked things out more. So it wasn't just like, oh, we've been feuding. Oh, now we're here. Let's shake hands. So maybe they really will be okay if it went on for a significant amount of time. And they really credited Peppermint with bringing them together. Okay, nice. (laughs) So now for those of you who might not know Sandra, she won the first two times that she played. Uh, She has played a few more times since then, including a season of Australian Survivor with her daughter in what's called a blood versus water season. Uh, And then her daughter, carrying on the family tradition, played a second season in Australia uh, because she went out of the first with an injury. Uh, So these games have truly been their life. Uh, And I think I forgot to mention also that the second season that Sandra won, she beat Parvati. Okay. So, you know, that's where it all started. I see. I see. Uh, Yeah. I mean, so I'm in the UK and truly don't know who these people are apart from mm-hmm. uh, John I, I actually don't even know who Ekinsu is even though she's a sort of UK contestant I know that she was on Love Island which I don't watch and I know Peppermint other than that these these are all you know they, they I don't know their backgrounds and what shows they were on uh, so I, I kind of do need a bit of context with some yes. of them. Well, we will get you by the end. I mean, we've got you watching UK Survivor. We're <laughs> going to get you to go through the back catalog of US Survivor. <laughs> okay, all 45 seasons, and then we'll start you on Australian Survivor. Okay, I'll just block out the next year in my calendar for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, speaking of, of uh, John, the retired member of Parliament, I'm trying to figure out what he's doing on the US show. It's, what what do you want to tell us about him? It's very strange. I don't understand it either. I mean, I I know who he is. Uh, he, he's not uh, he's not an MP anymore. I, all I can think is they've chosen him. To, they've cast him on here because they thought it might be quite nice, apart from Alan, to have some sort of British presence and the fact that he. As an or was a member of parliament, so so we're used to seeing him in that context of you know the the houses of parliament at Westminster, London. This it, it maybe just felt quite kitschy or fun. Let's let's have an old guy from the UK be here, <laughs> and it makes it feel all quite British and funny. Uh, other than that, yeah. it's it's. I mean, people in the UK also do not understand this. Okay. <laughs> we are all confused about why he's there. Okay, Um, so we also find out that Scottie Pippen's ex-wife and Michael Jordan's son are there. And until this show came out, I did not know Michael Jordan's son was with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Now, these names might not mean much to you, but as a Chicago Bulls fan, they are huge to me. Uh, I still have a photo in our living room with my son as a baby holding a newspaper with the front page talking about the three-peat repeat. Okay. Uh, so, and that is, you know, when, of course, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were on the Bulls together. Ah. Uh, but, you know, the son dating the ex-wife, it, it, yeah, that's a little weird. That's a little uh, weird. I mean, I, I would like to clarify, I absolutely know who Michael Jordan is. <laughs> so, okay, well, that's good. That's I good. Did, but I, I, I didn't know anything about his son, and I'm looking at I'm going, how... I just have a distorted 
sense of time so i'm like how are you michael jordan's son like in my head michael jordan is like not really old enough to have a son who looks like this it's very confusing yeah yeah and uh uh, one of Michael Jordan's other sons also played for the University of Illinois, which is where I went and my sons went. And I can't remember if there was any overlap when he was there uh, in in those terms. He he only played for a year or two for Illinois. But uh, uh, so I was confusing him with that son for a moment. But no, no, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong Jordan son. Uh, all right. Well, it is time for Alan to select the traders. He chooses... Drum roll, please. Dan and Phaedra. Only two. Uh, now, I figure immediately what, what's going to happen. And yes, later he tells them the twist that those of us who have been watching UK season two know about. They'll pick another themselves tonight. Uh, Janelle is pissed that she isn't one. I'm kind of pissed she isn't one, too, although I'm more pissed that Sandra isn't one. Uh, <laughs> Is Sandra uh, your like Siri of this season? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, uh, Tamra says it'll be easy for her to spot the traitors. Sure, well, Tamra, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah I noticed that uh, yeah. how easy she thinks this is going to be. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, Janelle plays the role of UK Diane. And says that John's breathing changed when Alan came around. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Larsa Pippen says her ears are so good that she could hear Alan's jacket raise as he touched Harvey's shoulder on her immediate left. I mean, that's astonishing, you know, to have ears that good. Uh, but as they break up into groups, she says Parvati got defensive. Well, you, what'd you expect her to do? You know, this is one of those situations we talk about where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, what's Parvati going to say? No, he didn't. And just leave it at that. Or is she going to say, like, you're crazy, lady? <laughs> I mean, that's a recurring theme throughout uh, the next couple of episodes. People yes. being accused of something and then other people being angry at their reaction to yeah. it. <laughs> or or maybe not angry, but um, suspicious, sort of having a strong reaction. So... Uh, Janelle talks to a couple people about John's breathing, which, by the way, he blames on asthma. Uh, that will come back later. I didn't have it in my original notes because I didn't think it was important. Who knew? Phaedra <laughs> um, shares her planned strategy with us, which is listen a lot, talk little, do just enough, but not too much. She's right. Yes. That's, you know, that's it's kind of like my survivor rules. Scheme and plot, but don't scheme and plot too much. Yeah, my first uh, impression was, oh, she's actually kind of figured this out. This sounds good. Yeah. I usually, when I see someone is on a Housewives show, I, I have an immediate negative reaction to them. But then I found out she's like an attorney and has all this other stuff going on, too. So, you know, maybe not your typical uh, housewife. Sure. Um. And I don't mean regular housewife. Obviously, I mean TV housewife, <laughs> just for anyone who's like, who's like, he doesn't like housewife, you know? <laughs> no. I understood. Yes. Uh, uh, Bergie is questioned, and he turns beet red and sweaty. I mean, you know, he might not be cut out for this game. <laughs> yeah, my, I've made a note somewhere in my In fact, my note is, is a, I fear Bergie is not long for this game. Yes, yes. And with that, let's head to the mission. 
Uh, now, this one looks quite familiar from the UK version. Players have to, and by quite quite familiar, I mean uh, identical. Uh, <laughs> players have to assemble a puzzle beacon and arrange them correctly to light it up. Uh, they have to find a guide image in a bottle scattered along the lock. And they're tied to posts to start. As in the UK, there are shields at stake. Now, Alan does a better job of accurately summarizing the choice than Claudia did. Because uh, remember, I pointed out, she said, your money or your life. And I pointed out, it's not your money unless you win. Alan noted money for the group or your life. Yeah. So 10 points to Alan for accuracy. <laughs> uh, oh, and that money in question is $30,000. Uh, Tamara is already not well, so she won't be part of the mission. I, I don't know what happened. Did she like down a bottle of wine in the time between the, you know, did she have a bug that we didn't know? I don't know. She's she was fine. And then later she'll be fine, but she's not well enough for this. So I, I'm not really sure what what's going on. Interesting. There. Maybe yeah. she took one look at the wetsuits and suddenly didn't feel too good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was like when I called in sick to school, you know. Um, now. They start the mission. Janelle gets herself untied immediately and does the Kyra thing uh, from the UK. Uh, it runs for the shield. Uh, Parvati says there's now a target on her back, and Sandra seems to agree. See, they're working together already. Look at them. Uh, <laughs> the challenge then goes on, and as the alpha male boat goes near the shield, CT dives in to grab it, and then Deontay goes for the other one. Uh, they eventually, they being the rest of the people, eventually find the paper showing how to arrange the puzzle. They get all the pieces in the area with 10 minutes left. Uh, there is Bedlam with too many cooks in the kitchen arguing about where pieces should go. With under two minutes, it miraculously comes together and they finish with a few seconds left, despite the fact that with 15 seconds left, there were still several people deep in the water, but apparently they are Olympic style swimmers and made it onto land <laughs> just in the nick of time, as so often happens on this show. Yes. Hooray. It all works yes. out perfectly. It's amazing. So they go back to the mansion and various discussions ensue. Uh, Phaedra talks about recruiting someone as the third trader who has no connection to her. Someone like CT, the ultimate gamer. Personally, I'm thinking the last thing I do is recruit an experienced gamer because you know they'll turn on you before you turn on them. Pick someone like from a dating show or some other non-competitive background. Uh, that's my initial thought. Uh, I don't know what you were thinking at this point. I mean, I think my general, despite what I said about Phaedra, seeming like she had got a quite good idea of the mm -hmm. game. I, I think my, my general thought was they probably, I, I just imagine, they've probably not really watched this show in the past. They've maybe watched like US season one to mm -hmm. catch up and figure it out. But I, I just sort of guessed they probably, you know, they probably haven't watched lots of seasons and they know the best way to play this. So they're probably not going to make the best decision in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, well, I'm being, I'm being, you know, I'm kind yeah. of uh, making assumptions about them, but. It's funny because uh, uh, between the last podcast we did together and this one, I caught up on Twitter and uh, Dan uh, 
posted or retweeted one of his tweets from a couple years ago where he said, or whenever, the, I guess it was a year ago, where he said, my mother is explaining to me what the Traders show is with a bunch <laughs> of question marks. And then he said in the new tweet, he said, how times have changed. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's funny. So, yes. Um, so Dan talks about the third trader also to us. And he also starts feeling some people out, including Janelle and Parvati. He even says Parvati is great at pulling people in and making them feel they can trust her before she cuts them. Yes, all of that is absolutely true. And do you really want that person as the third trader? I mean, we do as an audience, but does he as a trader? Um, and then he also talks to Sandra as well. So he's kind of like unknowing to them, auditioning them for the role. Yeah. Uh, the clock chimes midnight. And unlike in the UK version, the US version maintains the charade that everyone sleeps in the actual castle, <laughs> even though they don't. Yeah. And so they all pretend, I mean, they all go upstairs pretending that's where they're going. And it's funny, I'll mention it now, even though it's a later episode. I can't remember if it's two or three. At one point, John starts like heading for the door and someone <laughs> has to grab him and go, no, 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 the beds are upstairs. Yeah, that really made me laugh. Someone be like, no, no, John, it's this yeah. way, remember? Yeah. So uh, once everyone is bed, in bed, uh, Dan and Phaedra come back to take the traitor's oath and proceed to the turret. They go through some of the names of possible recruits, narrowing it down to Sandra, Parvati, Janelle, and Larsa. One of the names, or I'm sorry, one of these names is not like the other. You know, if you look at them, I was trying to make a uh, a, a kid's show joke there, and it, it fell flat. Uh, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. That may not have been a kid's show by you. Uh, but, you know, you've got Sandra, Parvati, Janelle, and Larsa. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why <laughs> I, I, was I see that. that's the one that doesn't belong. Yes. Yes. And now I've spent, you know, like a full minute explaining the joke, which kind of <laughs> blows the whole thing. It's just a lost in translation British yes, thing, yes. I think. Now, unlike the UK version, the new person doesn't join them immediately that night. Yeah. It's uh, very interesting. So it will just be the two of them for the first murder. Uh, but. As we're closing up this episode, I'm happy that it means Sandra, Parvati, and Janelle clearly won't be murdered first, because otherwise we wouldn't have talked about heard about them being under consideration for recruitment as part of you know, the way the the cliffhanger worked. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting that all of their options were women. I don't know what it just just sort of struck me that they didn't consider any men to join them. And I noticed something else that Dan was speaking as if there was a choice for the recruit to not accept the offer. Yes. And I I don't think there is a choice at this point. Maybe I'm wrong or maybe Dan misunderstood. I, yeah, I'm not sure because I actually in the UK version, when they, you know, early on, they called that person a recruit. And I'm thinking they're not really a recruit. They were just picked a different way. And, uh, you know, for this, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess they could have turned it down. But it to me was the same as Alan tapping you on the shoulder. You don't have a choice. Yeah, I guess if you're saying that Dan has watched traitors before maybe yeah. he just sort of misunderstood and was right. thinking oh well i've seen in the show this happened uh so maybe it was just 
a slight misunderstanding on his part. Yeah. So with those cliffhangers, I hand it over to you for episode two. Hooray! So uh, actually episode two kind of picks up almost immediately where we left off in episode one. Uh, Dan and Phaedra are talking about how they need someone. I think Phaedra says that she wants to pick someone with killing in their blood. So I immediately think, oh, it's going to be someone from Survivor or, or a show that involves being you know, cunning and deceptive, which I think are other words that maybe mm-hmm. Dan uses. If I knew the players better a bit more and I knew what shows they'd all come from, I could probably have made a better educated guess about who they'll pick. But I don't have long to wait because we found out that they have chosen Parvati. I found that very interesting. I wondered if they were going with Dan's bait idea that, Mm -hmm. you know, have they decided on her because they want to then get rid of her soon and turn on her? And actually, it comes up again later in the episode. Dan does mention this briefly. Yeah. And so when I'm telling you that I could literally hear the happy screams of millions of Parvati fans when she was made a (laughs) traitor, uh, you know, and I, you know, I wasn't watching at the same time as they were. But all of a sudden it was like a disturbance in the force. You know, (laughs) I could just feel it and hear it. And people were so excited. Uh, And I, you know, whether or not it's a great move for the other two traitors, it is definitely a great move for the series. And. You know, I said they should probably go with someone who maybe isn't as good at these games. Like you said, they already did note she has a little heat on them, which could be good for them if it lasted. Yeah. Maybe there were also lots of screams from Sandra fans then <laughs> thinking, they were. hooray, they've recruited her just to turn on her soon. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, you know, but I didn't see a lot of Sandra fans online, particularly upset one way or the other i would have liked to see her as a traitor but on the other hand in some ways she's such an obvious choice as are dan and parvati um that it it, you know it could go either way so we'll we'll see how it works out yeah now you mentioned already that something that's different compared to the uk season that's on right now dan and phaedra decide on who they want to murder alone before their new recruit has arrived, which I found just just interesting. I don't know why they did it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, their options seem to be Kevin, because they think it would just be very random and he seems quite inoffensive and it would confuse people. Uh, Dan speaks for a little bit in an interview and says he already feels like he could maybe direct Phaedra a bit and he can, you know, uh, take, take charge a little bit. They talk about Johnny Bananas, I truly thought I was mishearing this. <laughs> I had to look up a cast list and say, are they saying bananas? Yes. Uh, so I, I mean, is what? Where does this? Is this do you know where this nickname comes from? Is this um, real I, I did not. It is not his real name. It <laughs> apparently. Uh, so I just saw somewhere that it talked about why, and supposedly he was trying to get out of school, going to school, so he. He uh, did the Eddie Murphy, uh, Eddie Murphy movie thing of sticking bananas in his mom's tailpipe so that the car wouldn't work. Okay. And then there was something else as well. And I can't remember what the other something else was. Johnny Bananas is from The Challenge. I have watched a couple seasons of The Challenge. I also saw him more recently on House of Villains. Um, I am not a Johnny Bananas expert. I find him to be amusing, although apparently, you know, 
maybe he was more villainous in younger days. Uh, so, you know, he's certainly a uh, an interesting person, which is, you know, why he was brought on. Um, now, I do want to say, because I wasn't sure exactly where this uh, came up, but I, I do need to fact check Phaedra on something. Okay. Because she said, well, there's a reason Dan has won Big Brother twice. I, I don't know why they left that in there, because he didn't win Big Brother twice. Like, why leave something untrue in, in the edit? I, I don't know. Uh, he won once, and he came in second the next time. Now, there are people who think he should have won the second time, and you could have whole arguments about that, but he didn't actually. So the fact that she said that, and it was in the edit, just made me scratch my head a little bit. Yeah. I just... But again, I don't know who he is, so I just trusted yeah. whatever Phaedra said yes. and believed it. Did he win money for coming second? Yes, he won fifty thousand. Okay, so could, maybe she could you could justify it that way. He is a winner. Of uh, money. If you say he won, <laughs> no. If you say he won, then he won. He know. won brackets money. Close yeah. brackets. <laughs> uh, so Johnny Bananas then is uh, one of their options. They think he's a really big character. But then maybe they need him for challenges, which is funny because we just talked about this idea in the last UK episode yes, we recorded. Yes. This, you know, the whole idea about whether or not someone being good in challenges on the traitors is really that important. Mm -hmm. uh, the, why all the hotel room shots are so racy here? Like <laughs> Johnny's got his shirt off, Kevin's in the bath. Like it's sort of they're going for like this really sexy angle. It's weird it's, uh, i mean in the uk they had andrew in the shower you know yeah, big muscular do. andrew so i know it's just like it's just so soon and so one after the other it was like quite yeah. an assault <laughs> uh their next option is peppermint and i i peppermint is one of the three people i know on the show uh from rupaul's drag race so i was like no i don't pick peppermint uh <laughs> they think that she knows too much about reality tv and everybody's personalities, so that could play to her advantage, and therefore they want her out. We don't know who they're going to pick. We go to breakfast. I <laughs> hadn't learned everybody's names yet, so I know now. I just said, Bachelor Man says he can be more dangerous than people think. Bachelor Man is Peter, I think. Peter, yes. Okay. yes. Uh, it's it's funny because, uh, like, he, so his show is The Bachelor, and that doesn't naturally lend itself, I guess, to people like being strategic. You know, it's, right. it's a dating show. It's not like Survivor or The Challenge or anything. John arrives and just exudes Englishness. He's drinking his tea. He's, he's just being like Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Bean or something like that. Trishel then uh, brings up Peppermint's apparent shocked reaction yesterday. Uh, they have this silly conversation about who's got the best outfits and they're like i want to stay to show off the all the wardrobe that i brought <laughs> and trishel had i can't even remember the details now said something about well then if you if i get killed off i know it's you and you were a traitor because you wanted to show your outfits instead of let me show my so it was a silly moment and Trishel has latched onto it and is now telling other people at breakfast about it. I had just written, really? Yeah. Little did like, I know how important it would become. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even mention it in the in the previous part of the recap because I, I didn't go back afterwards because it was so silly. It was so obvious to me that 
when Peppermint responded and reacted, it was a mock shock reaction. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> how could you? You know, and here's Trishel. Now, I don't remember all of Trishel's history. I used to, you know, on my website, other people would write about many of the shows. And one of those was the ones that Trishel was on. I remember that I don't like Trishel. <laughs> I don't remember why. I mean, it's just too long ago. So, I mean, I could have done some research, but I'll just I'll just stick with that and see see what happens from here. Yeah, I uh, obviously I don't know who she is. I know that she was on Big Brother, but uh, no, one of no, no. not the oh, challenge. The challenge. Oh, okay. Yeah. The challenge. Uh, she. All I know that wasn't my lie. By the way, I genuinely don't know what show she's on. <laughs> one of the um, co-hosts who is. Uh, an American guy who does uh, UK tracers. Mm -hmm. He had sent me a message saying she was bad news. So I got the impression she's maybe not that popular character. Yeah. She started on the real world, Las Vegas. Okay. And then she was on a bunch of um, other, you know, different, different uh, things. And uh, she was on, I'm just looking this up now. She has experience playing poker also and you know there's the little blurb that i got from some website said she's a master strategist because of it and i'm like yeah no she's not really? uh but <laughs> but so she got on to the challenge because she was on the real world and originally the challenge was the real world road rules challenge and it started as people facing off from those two shows and then it just morphed into the challenge in general i see and was janelle on big brother yes I think I'm mixing up Janelle and Trishel. They both <laughs> end with an L. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, Parvati arrives next. Of course, she has no idea who the other traitors are. She knows she's now a traitor. So she's in this very isolated situation of mm -hmm. knowing she is a traitor and having no idea who the others are, which is quite fun to watch. We are waiting for the final two to arrive. It's either going to be Johnny, Peppermint, or Kevin, who has been murdered. The door bangs, everyone screams <laughs> in a really over-the-top way. <laughs> and then come Kevin and Peppermint, which means that uh, Johnny is gone. Uh, I'm glad that Peppermint's there because I just sort of like her. I know who she is, mm -hmm. but also because I want to see the drama play out with Trishel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, The fact that Johnny's gone first reminded me, I don't think this is a spoil Look, spoiler alert. Fast forward if you want. Season one of Traitors US mm -hmm. also was a, a guy who I think was also quite a big character, quite popular. Um, it was Re it was Rez. Rez. It was the guy from was it Shaws of Sunset? Is that yeah. the name of the show? Whatever show MJ is on, it was someone else from that show. Yeah. Um, and I really don't remember him at all. I I didn't think he did well at the chat at the at the mission. And that was one excuse they used for doing it, but he was popular and they wanted to shake things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. In in J Johnny's case here, I was a little surprised initially because he could help out a lot in the missions. But as we discussed in the episode six UK podcast, being good at the missions isn't necessarily a good enough reason to keep someone around, especially when the clock magically always hits zero just after you're done. <laughs> um, I I you know, I find it somewhat amusing that if I have my timing correct of filming, 
he finished up House of Villains and came pretty much straight to Scotland from there with like very little time in between. He was even talking on House of Villains about how he was off to his next show after that. And on House of Villains, he was in the power position at the end. He got to choose who he faced for a vote to win at the end. And he essentially gave away the prize money to someone else by choosing to go up against her while knowing he'd probably lose rather than doing the villainous thing on House of Villains and the right thing from a game standpoint of going against someone he could beat. So here he goes. He loses the money from that show. And then he goes to the next show and gets knocked out first, which is kind of a real kick in the teeth. And you know what? He kind of deserves it for giving away the uh, the money on the previous show. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine very bruised egos on this show because it is celebrities. Mm-hmm. take. I know I'm sure he's been paid an appearance fee, so he's paid oh, yeah. some money. Uh, but I, I imagine reality show celebrities being quite annoyed that they are the first to go more annoyed than non-celebrities maybe i i reckon yeah i i mean uh we'll talk more about the after show the brief after show later but i think he said something like i've been doing this a long time it happens you know so he did not seem too terribly upset at least when the camera was on. yeah yeah okay at breakfast then peppermint uh starts to maybe get herself into trouble because she is theorizing quite loudly and confidently about why Johnny's gone and some of the others overhear that and think it's a bit strange. Deontay then asks her to clarify the Trichelle situation from yesterday. Firstly, Peppermint has no idea what he's referring to. Yes. And and then once it becomes clear, makes a big sort of, you know, again, supposed to be funny, flamboyant mm-hmm. deal about it and mock confronts Trichelle as a joke. But I already thought this isn't wise. Even though you're being funny, this isn't RuPaul's Drag Race. This is a different show where people are taking it a lot more seriously than I think you are. So uh, any any big display you make like this is, is not wise, I reckon. Uh, yeah, it's and, kind and, of uh, Zach-like uh, behavior from UK, you know, uh, yeah. where he, you know, she she thinks she's joking, just like he thought he was joking on UK. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, like I said, it was such a small thing. Like you said, she didn't even remember it. Yeah. And meanwhile, Trichelle is like, oh, my God, it's the biggest thing ever. <laughs> which she then later denies, which we'll get to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also noticed, why don't they fit around the table when Alan appears Peppermint and Kevin just sort of squeezed in on these extra chairs like they don't fit around. It's bizarre. Uh, So Alan is here and he makes a little joke about Johnny. He says bananas are not on the menu for breakfast. Uh, (laughs) And then (laughs) tells them about the mission, just saying that they'll have to split into three teams. Before the mission, we see some discussions around the house and outside. Outside... There's a funny moment. Dan pulls Parvati aside and tells her, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a traitor. It's again, it's it's a really funny dynamic to watch. I don't know why he's doing it. I, I unless he's testing how well she can act. Yeah, so I think he see. is. Yeah, I think he is. Um, so he knows that she's a traitor. She doesn't know that he's a traitor. Mm-hmm. In the kitchen, Peppermint is still talking about the Trichelle situation, and she makes a funny point. She said, "Well, if Trichelle was bothered that." 
I was a traitor and was going to murder her. Well, she's not murdered, so, yeah. so why is she still talking about it? <laughs> CT and Marcus then, after Peppermint leaves, I think maybe she was a bit too defensive about it. I, this is where I wrote, I, I'm going to swear now, sorry if you don't want me to swear, listeners, I, I just wrote, how the fuck is Marcus Michael Jordan's child? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the point where I realised it and was so confused. Um, anyway, Peppermint uh, in her interview says that she's learning this game as she goes. I think it's already too late to just be learning this game. Yeah. Back yeah, well, I mean, at another point later, she tells us she studied this game and knows everything about it. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not sure what to think. Yeah. If she has studied it, she's not studied well enough. <laughs> Outside, Tamara says that her intuition is telling her that John is a traitor. Okay, Tamara. And... Yeah, well, don't. I mean, she said earlier she could definitely pick the traitors. So John must be a traitor. Who are we to say? And she also makes a joke about how hey, he's a politician and you can't trust a politician. Right. And it's kind of funny, but later on, she then genuinely uses that yeah. as a reason, which is not so funny. Uh, <laughs> Peter also brings up John's breathing at the round table, uh, which you had talked about. And it's it's ridiculous and it's silly, but I do understand that they don't have anything else to go on at this right. point. So I guess... Right episode one and two they they do just pick the smallest of things to talk about yeah i mean people do react you know we saw when dan was picked he smiled on uk when harry was picked he licked his lips you know people do i could see someone who wasn't expecting to get picked suddenly get a tap and go like that (laughs) but you know i mean to make a huge deal out of it is you know going a bit overboard yeah it's on to the mission then, and uh, Fergus is dragging a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. I was I was going to mention Fergus earlier um, when you were talking about episode one. So Fergus is a guy called Richie John, who is on... X- Wait, his but... real name isn't Fergus? Come on. No, he's an actor. Uh, he <laughs> follows the podcast on X, and oh. uh, if you want to follow him, it's at John underscore Richie 77. Uh, so there you go. Uh I was worried. So I want to say when I saw reports that Alan would have his dog as his companion on the show, I thought they were replacing Fergus with a dog. So <laughs> I was very happy that Fergus was back. Yeah. Fergus last Richie is back. Uh, yeah. I thought the dog was going to be more of a big thing. Yeah. Uh, we saw a clip of it. Uh, yeah. I, I just thought, Oh, the puppy will be with Alan all the right. time. I guess animals are difficult to work with. So, hey. Um, so, uh, Alan then appears dressed like a scarecrow himself. And it's the same mission as we've seen in the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. So, they're working in just, teams. I was going to say just a little earlier than we saw in the UK. Yeah. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's sort of funny parallels and changes in timeline between the two versions of the show. I don't mind, by the way, that it's. I don't care that they're doing the same tasks on mm-hmm. each. But some people online get so so annoyed. Like, why is it the same missions? I'm bored of this, and I just think there are bigger things to be bothered by. <laughs> um, it's well, the same production team. They film them back to back. Right. Course they just use the same stuff. Well, and on top of that, we have to remember not everyone is like us. You know, I mean, there are people in the UK who watch this show, and that's all. You know, they I mean, we found that out with Survivor UK that 
you know, there were these people going to play Survivor and didn't bother to turn on one episode of the show from an international uh, season. And so, you know, most viewers are not like us. They will turn on Peacock and they will play this. Now, Peacock, as it happens, will have, you know, also has UK and Australia from previous seasons when we'll eventually probably have uh, the more recent ones. But the general audience is the country that it's aiming for. And so they don't expect people to go out of their way to watch all the other seasons. And if they can keep costs down and continue to make the series because of it, I'm in favor of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what they have to do is basically follow a treasure hunt. They'll read questions along a trek. The answers are all based on questions in a survey that the players have taken about one another. They need to get the correct answers, which will give them keys to unlock the next clue and so on. I wonder if we're about to see a repeat of UK's Sheepgate. Uh, and if yeah. you've watched UK series, yeah. you will know what I'm talking about. And it will be, yep. I'm sorry. It's interesting to me because it's done earlier. They had even less information about each other for the quizzes. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they had very, very little. And so, you know, to me, that was one thing. It's like, why are they doing it this early with so little information? Yeah. Uh, but in some ways, it makes it less serious also. Yeah. And I think the fact they've done it so early on explains one of the results of one of the questions, uh, which we'll come to. Mm hmm. Alan also tells them, by the way, that they could win shields in this task too, right at the end. Uh, the first question they have to answer is, whose opinion do you value most? The choice is Marcus or Larsa. The answer, apparently, is Marcus. Uh, and Phaedra cleverly realises this could be quite useful. Maybe yes. they should keep this in mind. Tamara now suspects John even more because, the best reason ever, he says he doesn't have an inhaler with him. If ever there's a way to find a traitor, it's the person who didn't bring an inhaler. How dare yeah. you? It's yeah, so, insane. So here's the thing. I have asthma. Other members of my family have asthma. We don't carry inhalers everywhere. Uh, you know, you would only do that if it's severe or you really think you're going to need it. Now, if you do have severe enough asthma and you know you'll be running around outside, yeah, it might be smart to have it. But it's not like this huge aha moment, you know, like, oh, you don't really have asthma because you don't have an inhaler on you at this moment in time. And David, do you really have asthma or did you just have it when you were a child and that doesn't count now? I didn't have it as an <laughs> as a child. It developed when I was an adult. So, see, I'm the I'm the inverse John. <laughs> Your nudge. That's John spelled backwards. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next question is: Who is most popular? Either Deontay or Peppermint. Almost everyone instantly goes for Deontay, and I actually assumed that would be the answer. And I I, I got carried away, so I was doing my notes, and I just sort of. Went ahead and, and wrote answer as Deontay. But and I was wrong. Um, some people in Peppermint's group question it, and I wonder if they're just being polite. Although the, mm -hmm. the, thing, the answer is Peppermint. So yeah. some pe people did write that down as their answer. I was just surprised after everything that happened earlier today. I wondered if it depends on how you interpret the question, who is most mm -hmm. popular. I think they might have interpreted it in terms of who is most popular beyond this game, like who's ah. got, who's got a big following? Because I I don't I 
I don't know if RuPaul's Drag Race is a bigger show than any of the others, but I guess she she's got a big following online, and I I see her on different podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff like. So maybe they just thought that's what it meant. Like, who's the most well known? I mean, I would go with Sandra or Parvati in that case, you know. But yeah, yeah, I was just so really surprised by this. Right, right. Next question is who needs to speak up more, which is basically the sheep question from UK. Yes. Either Dan or Cherie, I realized at this moment, I didn't even know there was a cast member called Cherie and I have no idea who this is. <laughs> Dan is slightly worried about this. And again, I, I, it kind of is like UK, I think. Dan, it could mm-hmm. be worse. Like That's not the worst thing to be accused of. Well, I, well not, not to skip ahead, but... Well, <laughs> well, it ends up becoming a problem, right. not because... Not because of this task and this question. Right. It becomes a problem because he is too quiet. And he doesn't listen. He says, I realize I need to speak up more. But then doesn't. And then doesn't. You know, so it's the exact opposite problem that Brian had in the UK. (laughs) Yeah. At the sort of climax of the mission, they reach this field. And I, I notice a funny difference between US and UK. Here they call it the field of death. And yes. in the UK version, they just called it the Field of Gold, which I just thought was so BBC that they were like, oh, we, we can't call it Field of Death, not in <laughs> not in the UK. That's far too much for BBC primetime. <laughs> so it's a field full of scarecrows. And one type of scarecrow are gold coin things and another mm-hmm. type are shields. Dan goes directly for a shield because he thinks that this will alleviate the idea that he's quite reserved. There's there's quite a mix of people going for shields versus gold. We've talked about this before, and I think you said that you would go for a shield. Um, I wondered if maybe you could just reiterate why. I think if you have any thought that you might be murdered, and you're a faithful, I'm not talking about the traitors, but uh, you should go for a shield because you can't win if you get murdered. And so therefore adding money to the pot doesn't do you any good if you get murdered but also as was discussed in the first mission you know people thought that the ones who got shields like janelle running off right away was going to be a target so you need to balance it you know you don't want to be thought of as that horrible selfish person uh but on the other hand you you want to be that horrible selfish person uh (laughs) so so yeah it's this balance of you know figuring out which you know which way to go i think grabbing a shield now not a bad idea um i think maybe get some gold before you grab the shield but you know it your mileage may vary yeah by the end of the mission then they've raised sixteen thousand dollars one shield has been claimed but alan doesn't say who uh i think though it's because the others have already noticed it was Dan because some of them mentioned it in their interviews. And he's wearing it around his neck. He oh. he wanted to be seen. You know, um, I actually didn't even notice that. Okay. Yeah, he literally put it around his neck and he he the whole point of him getting it was obviously not to save himself, but to be seen as trying to save himself. Sure. Uh, Peppermint uh in a little interview clip acknowledges that you know, she's been voted most popular, but she kind of thinks this also could raise problems. I, I, I you guess you have to trust me here that I made a note at this point hmm. that I reckoned here she was getting banished. I, I just think she's been given 
so much screen time and so many little these moments of heart interviews it just suggested to me where the episode was going hmm. we go back to the house then uh I, mg or mercedes or whatever we should call her is talking to some of the other women suggesting tonight they're either going for p or j and then j being john walks in yes. on them and it's very <laughs> awkward i'm assuming the p is peppermint yes uh, tamra uh, in her interview still thinks john is a traitor because he's a politician peppermint's still annoyed about the trichelle thing and while she's talking to various others in the kitchen she lets slip the wrong word she uses the word traitor instead of faithful which of course everybody goes wild about they jump on it it's not looking good and the thing is this one bothers me because she says if Trishel is concerned about not banishing a traitor. I mean, not banishing a faithful. I mean, there's, you know, double negatives in there that I'm not even sure what she was trying to say. Yeah. I mean, like, is she concerned <laughs> about not banishing, but not kicking out a like traitor could have fit in there, I feel like. Because, yes, you're concerned about not banishing a traitor. Yeah. So I, I, you know, this morphed over time somehow into people saying, well, she accidentally said she was a traitor. She never said anything like that. Yeah. When I was listening, I, I think if other people hadn't gone, oh, what? I, I wouldn't have even reacted to it. I just didn't even pick up on it as, because, because like you said, I couldn't really fo follow what she was saying. So it, yeah. it didn't mean much to me, but I think it's because she corrected herself because she stopped and went, uh, I mean, faithful. It, it caught people's attention, and we 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 see it a lot on this show. Yeah, uh, Sheree, however, is on Peppermint's side and thinks that actually this whole thing is silly and the Trichelle thing is silly. In another room, meanwhile, Trichelle is still talking about it to other people, yes. and Max chips in. He says he's not really buying this at all, so he's he's he thinks it's all a bit mm -hmm. uh, unimportant. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We reach the round table then. It's so interesting to me that Parvati still doesn't know who the other traitors are, which means it's unlikely, but she could potentially accidentally banish one. Right. Or, yeah, or I was thinking one. the same thing. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's, yeah, it's just a weird setup they've got here that, that she, it's not all been revealed to her yet. Mm -hmm. Peppermint volunteers to speak first. She puts her hand up, is very polite about it. She reviews the what's going on with Trishelle. So they, they hash it out. And Peppermint says, look, Trishelle is exaggerating. It really wasn't a big deal. 
Cherie agrees. She says, yeah, I was there and I thought this was just a lighthearted, jovial conversation that was supposed to be funny. Max also defends Peppermint, speaks up about it. And the, the an argument kind of breaks out because Peppermint and Trishel are right beside one another. And, uh, you know, Peppermint holds up a hand at one point yeah. and Trishel gets really annoyed about it. So it's quite uncomfortable. I can't remember an argument like this being between two people who are literally sitting right next to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's unusual uh, the, the way that it's, it's all worked out like this. Larsa brings up Peppermint slip in the kitchen, uh, saying the word traitor instead of faithful. The conversation then moves to John. Uh, Mercedes or MJ, I'll, I'll say MJ. MJ, mm-hmm. Tamara and Janelle absolutely badger him about having asthma. It's yes. wild. Tamara will not let him finish a sentence because she is obsessed with him having asthma or not having asthma and with him being a politician and she's implying that he's really good at warming his way out of things and he's good at dodging questions. I, I found it really, really over the top. So, and I'm not like a fan of John or anything, but they truly would not let him speak. No, he they would have let him, but because of his asthma, he couldn't get a whole sentence out. <laughs> See, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at this point, I, I wondered if it was the tide was going to change and go towards John because yeah, me too. they came to his defense. Whereas at least Peppermint had people defending her. The vote takes place. Bergie's first. Um, and well, we... uh, before the vote, I just want to say, so John in his defense was saying, or to us rather was saying, this should be based on evidence. Okay. <laughs> what evidence? The only real evidence they had was that he breathed heavy and then lied about why. Because one way or another, it was a lie. I don't care whether he has asthma or doesn't have asthma. One way or another, he lied because he first said, it's my asthma that caused it. And then when he was questioned later, however, whatever you think of the questioning and how ridiculous it was, he said, well, I had asthma as a child and I don't know that I still have it. Well, then why did you say earlier? I mean, you're just begging to be called out if you change your story like that. Yeah, I guess so. I I can understand why he you know when he was first questioned about it Mm -hmm. someone says you're breathing heavily why were you doing that i can understand he might have panicked and thought oh shit they're already looking at me right i have to say something so maybe he just his mind jumped to well i'll just mention asthma because you know well i did i Mm -hmm. was asthmatic so so maybe he just jumped to that because he thought it would alleviate these suspicions and now later on is going oh Probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, he could have just stuck with the story. Yes, I have asthma, you yeah. know, but it's only occasional. And, you know, it, it, you know, the high stress of that situation caused it or yeah. whatever. But changing your story is the absolute worst thing you can do. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so then the other piece of evidence was, of course, peppermint slips for whatever you yeah, may yeah. think of those. So, you know, he's sitting here saying this should be based on evidence. And really, the strongest evidence would be him. So maybe maybe don't push that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, after the first 12 votes come in, uh, it's pretty overwhelming. Peppermint has nine, yes. including Phaedra and Parvati, who we know are traitors. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, the, so, you know, they've done the smart thing and they've gone with the, with the, the right. crowd. John has only two. I thought he would have more. And Trishel has one. Alan says that one more vote for Peppermint and she's gone. So basically she's gone. Uh, yeah. Everyone else 
uh, you know, unless there's some wild turnaround, everyone else after that mm-hmm. votes for Peppermint. Uh, she, st- <laughs> she stands up to go to the front, does an, an incredibly dramatic hair flip. Uh, and there's, I think there would have been a cut to a commercial break there. That's yes, there was. Funny. There yeah. was. Uh, so when we come back from, you know, I didn't see any commercials, but uh, Peppermint gives a speech. She talks a little bit about why she came on the show. She said she wanted to advocate for the trans community and then says, in this game, I think some of you all have been led astray and has a very dramatic reveal. I am a faithful. Mm-hmm. And and this was where she said she was a big fan uh, <laughs> was when she was in the circle of truth, you know, and so... And she also talks about it was a herd mentality. Yeah, well, of course it was a herd mentality. It's the first vote. It's always a herd mentality. Yeah, yeah. Cherie is immediately furious, even though she voted for Peppermint. So she's kind of partly furious with herself, I guess, for going along Mm -hmm. with what everyone else said. And Trichelle tries to sort of fix things very quickly and says, well, Peppermint just, she didn't defend herself well. And I think Trishel's maybe a little bit of an idiot. Uh, Alan and, and Max calls her out right away and <laughs> yeah. says, well, you you were the one who spurred everything. And then she kind of just walks out when she realizes she's not getting the attention, the type of attention that she wants. She walks out. Yeah. Although I think I is that maybe you're talking about slightly. Are you talking oh, about later yeah. in the house? Yes, sorry. Oh, okay. I thought we had moved to the house. Oh, oh I'm I'm still in the room. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Alan, before they leave, he sort of bastardizes Robert Burns. <laughs> says, mm. Should all should peppermint be forgot? Yeah, I I laughed. It's so silly. I just laughed hysterically. It's it's so camp and ridiculous. So uh, yeah, we see some discussions around the house. A sort of debrief. MJ decides they now need to focus on the quiet people because going for someone uh, mm-hmm. loud and outspoken didn't work. Sandra, Deontay, and Peter are in the kitchen, and Deontay's really upset about what just happened. Like genuinely upset about how they turned on Peppermint. It's I was quite, and I don't know Deontay, but it just felt like quite an unexpected moment. Mm-hmm. And then comes what you referenced that Max tells Trishel, "You did this." And Trishel's going, no, not me. And then pretends to cry and leaves. Marcus says uh, that Dan was too quiet at Mm -hmm. the round table. And Parvati and Dan have this little secret moment together. Um, Again, well, it's not a secret moment really, but they, they both having to lie to one another about their status. And this is when John doesn't know where the stairs are and that he's supposed to be pretending to go up them. Yes. And then we go to Traitor's Tower. So it's time for the recruit to meet the existing traitors. And I was surprised about the edit here. So we see Parvati arrive, take off her hood. So do the other two. It's like two seconds of shocked reaction. Right. I I, I just assumed, and, and I, you know, it does, it's not really a cliffhanger either way and it doesn't matter. I thought they would cut before they took their hoods off just to yeah i was expecting that too i i i that's i was totally expecting she would take her hood off cut yeah and then we would start the next episode with them revealing and instead when you hit skip recap and it goes forward uh they've already you know for episode three they've already taken their hoods off and they're just finishing the reaction kind of yeah i thought it was i just thought it would be more fun to leave it until episode three 
for that reaction moment. Yeah, definitely. But eh, we're not editors. You're closer <laughs> than I am, but uh, we're not. <laughs> uh, and so it's on to episode three, David. So like like I just said, you know, they they, they react. Uh, everybody gives compliments all around in Trader's Turret about, oh, you know, nobody's mentioning you and nobody's mentioning you and da, 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 da. Uh, so immediately we start talking about targets. Parvati brings up Deontay as a possible target because he can win shields, which is really not a good reason to me. This is not this is very survivor oriented thinking like, oh, they can win individual immunities and we'll never be able to vote them out going forward. That's not the way shields are. You know, I, I just don't see it happening. I guess if a survivor player was thinking that way in this game, they could do it, but I, I don't see it happening. And I especially don't see it happening for the next, whatever, seven weeks or however long it's going to be. Yeah. I think it's too early in the game to care that much about shields. Yeah. Cause there's so many people. Right. Uh, Dan steers it more properly to the threats to him, including Marcus who had called him out earlier for being too quiet. And it wasn't really calling him out. I say called him out. I think that's how he took it. It was really more of a suggestion like, hey, you really need to fix this. But I'm sure it felt like he was called out. Uh, and then Phaedra adds, and Marcus was voted most influential. So, yeah. And then Parvati throws in there and he has Larsa. So things are really piling up against Marcus here. This is the <laughs> this is the point where I suddenly thought Marcus and Larsa are the couple like I kind I kind of saw it in episode one because they were in the car together when they arrived since then it's surprisingly not really been referenced that much thought they would um, make a bigger deal out of it at least at breakfast when they showed up they had a very big kiss oh this um, passed me by yeah okay so all right well uh Phaedra also brings up Janelle uh and you know Dan and Parvati agree she would be good to get out I would be surprised if Dan took her out so soon because they know each other. I mean, they haven't seen each other in like 10 years, but they still know each other. And I would think he would try to pocket her instead. Uh, but he may feel she's unpocketable and she may indeed be unpocketable. So um, I just didn't think it was the right time for Dan to really go that route. In any case, it is breakfast time. Uh, Phaedra, Max, and Larsa are first. Max doesn't seem to understand the game as he says, Trishel is in danger. No, she's not. Not from the traitors. She might be in danger from the other faithful, but why would the traitors take out the person who stirred up the most crap? Yeah, yeah. Of course they want to keep these people. Yeah. Um, and indeed, she and Tamara are the next people in. Uh, Dan and Peter come in. Uh, then Sandra and John, and then the rest trail in, except for eventually Deontay, Marcus, Parvati, and Janelle. And then everyone but Marcus arrives. Uh, hugs for Larsa, as Dan says, it doesn't make sense. Uh, but of course it does. Uh, and he tells us, you know, or rather Marcus tells us he was too much of a threat and he had his girlfriend. And he's right on both counts. Uh, you know, you're playing as a duo, and you were actually picking up on things. So uh, basically, he took his shot and he was rejected. <laughs> and, you know, that's a basketball thing there. Okay. <laughs> I Even though it is, it is the smartest choice to get rid of him, I, I just didn't expect. I, I was really shocked that just because, and again, I don't know him, but 
I figured out that he's a big name and well known, and mm -hmm. I just I, I was really surprised that he they actually went for it and got rid of him. I mean, the best part about this breakfast was Lars's <laughs> reactions to all, as if she actually thinks he's dead. Like oh she, yes, she's like rest in peace, <laughs> and <laughs> like raising a glass and says that he's here in spirit. I'm like he's he is alive. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think she was mostly in on it. Like when Alan walked over and said, "Here's his picture," you you know, and and stuff like that. So <laughs> and then said, "God, this is bringing the vibe down." <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so then he switches and says this. Today's mission will be at night, and I immediately know that we are having the same mission that we had in episode six that you and I discussed earlier today uh, of yeah. the UK podcast. So we're only in episode three here, but they've skipped ahead to uh, to this one here. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna sort of I'm I'm going backwards like a little bit here, but something occurred to me at this moment in the episode. Hmm. I just had this thought: Was the murder actually? Is there a bad side to choosing Marcus to be murdered? Because it doesn't it essentially paint Larsa as definitely a faithful. Because I don't think anyone will now believe she's a traitor, like, unless she's incredibly crafty and conniving and gets rid of her own partner. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone is now going to think she's a traitor. I think it goes back to actually the conversation that we had on the episode six podcast for the UK, which is. They've never had a situation whenever. I mean, I, I know when I say never, you know, for people who are watching just the U.S. version or, just, you know, they, they haven't seen this before at all. But if you've been watching all the other versions, they've never, to my knowledge, had a duo where one was a traitor and one was a faithful. They were both faithful in every case. Yeah. So to my mind, she was already a faithful or they should have known that with the two of them there, they would both be faithfuls. Uh, okay. I think I, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on that if I was a player, though. Like I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't dismiss the the possibility. Mm -hmm. But now, now I would. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I, I think she was pretty clearly a, a faithful to begin with, but uh, um, you're right. I mean, it does pretty well identify her, but it also splits up a strong duo. So that I think is more important in this case. Yeah. So um, after the breakfast, uh, since they have lots of time to kill before, uh, you know, before nighttime, uh, Larsa and Tamra get together and they're going to put their housewife skills to use to figure out who the traitors are. I'm not sure what these skills are, but OK. <laughs> Uh, various other conversations occur. Trishel talks to Dan about being quiet and reserved. Are we seeing a pattern here? Uh, CT and Deontay try to figure out from Max what his thoughts are, but Max is quiet and comes across as really bad acting, just the, the way he is. Um, and, and Deontay says he tells people to follow their heart and not their mind. Whereas I always say, follow your mind and not your heart. And I'm the one who's right. So sorry, Deontay. <laughs> uh, Larsa says they should aim at the men as, as you know, she's talking to Dan and Dan does not do a great job in that discussion there. Um, and, it, you know, he later when they ask him, he says he's not a vibe person, but there hasn't been anything to tie the murders together so far. I understand what he's saying. 
he's got to do a better job than that, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I think we've seen over the years, you can't, or over the seasons, you can't just say, well, I'm not a vibe person. Okay, but you got to come up with something. <laughs> um, and then same fast forward tonight that we had in UK episode six. And the players are at the graveyard. Uh, so for anyone who didn't listen to our earlier podcast today, uh, basically the players all have to run to different graves and crypts, smash them open to get gold while avoiding getting caught in two searchlights that will knock them out of the game. Unlike the UK version, the headstones have the names of previous players, including even Marcus. So Fergus must have been hard at work getting that one made <laughs> at the last minute. <laughs> Uh, there are also three shields available. One difference in this one compared to UK is that because there are so many players compared to when this was run in the UK version, only half start in the cemetery while the others have to wait for people to get knocked out and then sub in. So they split into two groups. They run out there. John is out almost right away when he literally runs into a light. Um <laughs> It's it's the asthma. Yes, yes. Somehow, for some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> it affected his night vision. Yeah. Um, now, CT replaces him and finds the hammer, smashes something, and then gets caught in the light. And so it goes for a while with people getting knocked out and replaced. Uh, Bergy tries to explain a pattern he sees in the lights, like where they're going on there. But nobody listens to him. Half the time ticks down. They've lost eight players. They've gotten no money. And finally, they decide to listen to Bergy. And then they actually get somewhere. Uh, he also finds the battering ram for the big crypt so they can get 5,000. And now that they know the pattern, they're they're running around. Uh, you know, Tamra goes and gets the shield from the tomb that CT had broken open before he got knocked out. Uh, Bergy is eventually himself knocked out, but he gets a standing ovation from the other players as he comes off. Uh, Peter gets a shield. There's one more left. Peter breaks the top. Janelle and Ekin Sue fight to grab the shield itself. A Janelle gets it. <laughs> yes. And Janelle gets it. And if you are in a fight to the death, I would always put my money on Janelle. So, uh, you know, it is not surprising to me that she gets it. Uh, there, there was just no way Ekansu was going to win that fight. And on top of that, they all end up getting a total of 19,500, which I believe is significantly better than what the UK people did, even in terms of a ratio. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yes, in general, the, the, the prize amounts are, are sort of swamping the UK yes. amount. Yeah. Um. They all get in the cars and we get this very amusing comparison because Ekin Sue tells her version of the story. Janelle tells her version of the story. Each is the aggressor in the other person's version. You know, it just gets worse and worse. It came over and elbowed me oh, it grabbed me. And it, it's just it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, she broke my rib. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't see in one eye now. Yeah. <laughs> I have asthma now. Um, <laughs> so then in post-mission conversations, uh, MJ brings up Dan again, says Dan should be put in the hot seat because why? Why would that be? Oh, because he's too quiet. Uh, 
Meanwhile, Max tells us his strategy is to be in every single conversation. And we see him go from room to room, listening in and moving on, sometimes very suspiciously. Like he walks in, they say, come in, and then he walks back out again. And it's like, yeah, yeah. nothing suspicious there, Max. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, just not doing himself any favors at all. No. Uh, Deontay again brings up his name. Uh, Other names that are brought up, Kevin thinks Janelle is a traitor, but Peter says she wouldn't have fought so hard for the Shield if she had been. Now, I guess Peter hadn't seen the season. I think it's, was it Australia season one, where literally two traitors are fighting it out in the water to try and get a Shield? That's right. Yeah. Uh, So I guess he hadn't seen that one. Uh, Although I, I would say that in Australia, that is because their version of the shield also saved you from banishment. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, still, you, you could be still. a traitor and desperately want to get a shield. Right. A, to stop right. any faithful from getting it, and B, to look like a faithful. Right. Um, uh, Peter thinks that uh, he and Kevin should pretend to be pissed at each other and vote for each other so that the traitors will keep them around since it will appear that they're aiming at each other. It's an interesting strategy. It's possibly even a decent strategy. It's... But it's weird, especially since we then don't see anything else about it until the actual vote. Yeah, I also couldn't figure out how I felt about it. And I thought maybe this is quite clever to make this sort of alliance. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say something about alliances in general, actually. Uh, I find that I can't remember who it was. it was. Someone, two people in the very first episode would make a very explicit attempt at an alliance. They're like, they basically say, well, shall we be in an alliance? Yes. And I think that doesn't happen that much on this show. I think there are alliances, but they're so much more like subtle and they're based on friendship. It's not like Survivor where people are sort of very formally right. colluding together. So yeah, when, when they talk about this plan, I thought, okay, that's, that could work maybe, but, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but at the way it played out in the banishment room, yes. I just thought this just looks weird now. Like you just both this or one of them, one of them votes for the other. And I thought this just looks odd. <laughs> yes. And especially since, you know, I'll stay, stay with you as we jumped ahead there, the looks on people's faces make it appear that they never brought it up. Yeah. in the round table otherwise which they were supposed to to explain why they were going to vote that way but then we never saw it and from the looks on people's faces maybe they never did i i don't know yeah um coming back to uh where we were parvati tells dan his name is out there because okay everybody who's listening to the podcast say it with me here he's too quiet um <laughs> We'll make it a sing-along here, you know. Um, I mean, this should not be news to him at this point. And from there, we head to the round table. Dan does realize he's going to get some heat, so he plans to defend himself with poise. Now, this man is known for doing exactly that. He he got himself out of being evicted from Big Brother in what one of what is widely acknowledged to be the best Big Brother moves, if not the best move ever, called Dan's Funeral, where he just enacted this whole thing and 
you know, just using his abilities, his social abilities, he was supposed to be the target and he never left, you know? Um, so with that in mind, I think he'll do fine here. And indeed, we go straight to it as Bergie opens by asking him to defend himself. Dan says he knows he's quiet, but he looks at that as an asset, not a crime. When he takes a shot, he wants to hit, not to replay the peppermint situation. MJ says he's being too safe and under the radar. Deontay thinks that Dan's a faithful and just being quiet doesn't make him a traitor. But he then adds that other people have changed and names Max as a bad actor. Sandra says when Peppermint was banished, she looked around and she saw that Max was laughing while everyone else was serious. And he says he had a great time in the moment and he had a reaction, uh, which is interesting because later on he will say he wasn't smiling. He was smirking, but we don't hear that this time. And by the way, smirking is not better than smiling when it comes to <laughs> yeah, that situation. Yeah, no, it's worse. <laughs> um, so but. Max decides he wants to throw out more names. So he brings up the Janelle and Ek and Sue fight. Uh, Ek and Sue says it's simple and you don't have to use smart words to explain it. The urge to make a comment there is almost too great to pass up, but let's just move on. Uh, she gives her version. Janelle says no. They argue it out a bit uh, before Ek and Sue tosses it back at Max and says, well, why are we arguing about this anyway? You were just deflecting to us. CT also points out that Max was deflecting and Max says, I wasn't deflecting. And by the way, I was thinking of you too, CT, uh, um, which, you know, causes CT to note that funny how everyone who brings up Max's name, he was supposedly thinking about them possibly being a traitor. Max is really floundering here. It is clear that he is not used to this type of a competition at all. Yeah. And I just sort of get the impression from, Max that he is no I don't want to use the word oddball but just just a you know he's different he's he's not like everyone else and yeah that in the traitors just generally doesn't go down well people just pick on players who behave slightly differently or mm -hmm. awkwardly or uh, uh yeah stand out in some way and he, he uh, he's just a victim to the nature of his personality i think yeah and i think we had I, and i can't remember if we had comments on this uh on one of the one of our uk podcasts or if i had comments on the tiktok with someone saying having a, a different personality shouldn't be a reason to target them okay but this is the traitors anything is a reason to target someone and yeah. so if you have a slightly different personality you have to recognize that about yourself when you're going into the game yeah so uh larsa thinks she says she thinks they're going in the wrong direction and brings it back to dan because he's too calm and that scares her plus he's really good at playing these games while max isn't and with that the time for talk is over uh and therefore it is time to vote uh sheree votes janelle bergie votes max MJ votes Dan. Phaedra votes Ekin Sue by and says she incited an estrogen riot. <laughs> uh, Sandra votes Max. Peter votes Kevin. And that's when we get the what the hell looks from that one. Yeah. Uh, John votes Max. Janelle votes Max. Max votes Ekin Sue. Larsa votes Dan. Parvati votes Kevin. 
and says it's because he's an actor. And this is just not really a smart move, in my opinion. I don't know what she was thinking. She said she wanted to save Dan. But if you want to save Dan, the best way to do that is to vote for one of the other people whose names came up, like Max or Ekin Sue. We've had these discussions before. You don't throw out random votes. That is not saving anyone. Yeah, um, it was strange, but there's something even stranger about yes. what Harvey did, which you, I'm sure you're going to mention. It's her, on her slate. Is this what you thought I was going to say? Yes, go ahead. She had written the letter D and scribbled it out as if she had been about to vote for Dan and then changed Or, or Deontay. Or Deontay. But left it on the slate. And so that makes me wonder... Did she forget to rub it off and Dan's going to notice that and be annoyed? Or what I think is more likely, and I don't know Harvey mm-hmm. that well, I think it's deliberate to make everybody else think she was about to vote for Dan. Yes. And later on, she can use this to, you know, if he gets voted out, she can be like, oh, I, I almost. But then I don't know if people are going to remember that she wrote a letter D and scribbled it out. But I mean, it'll still be sitting there. On, you know, once someone's voted out, the, the slates are still all sitting there. So she could point to it and say, I guess she could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people sometimes remember an exclamation point or an underline or something like that. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see if it comes up again. Yeah. Because uh, nothing was made of it yet. Uh, so anyway, continuing, Kevin votes Peter. More looks of surprise. Trishel votes Max. Uh, Deontay votes Max, Ekansu votes Max, uh, Dan votes, I guess I could have just said everybody else votes Max. <laughs> uh, and as I said, sorry, Max just wasn't very good at this game. This is not in his wheelhouse here. Uh, so Max goes up and reveals that he is, of course, a faithful. Uh, most people are shocked, while others are being like, I knew it, I knew it. And uh, MJ notes that in particular, Sandra and Deontay were both very influential in this vote. So she's already looking for who to blame for uh, throwing poor Max under the bus there. Yeah. They leave the room. They all break up into their groups for discussion. Janelle says Deontay changed her mind. So she's blaming Deontay as well. In another group, Deontay is literally crying and doesn't know how much longer he can go on. After two votes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this isn't the game for him. I know. It's so... I, I mentioned it earlier, because he, he, he... Even in episode two, he was yeah. getting upset about Peppermint being banished. On one hand, one of my favourite things in the banishment room is seeing someone who is so confident about their vote being completely brought right back down to earth. So he had voted for Max and then is horrified. But, but then I, I felt a bit sorry for him here and thought you're really being affected by i just want someone to shake him and say this is a game max probably doesn't care (laughs) max is not dead as you were saying earlier max is fine yeah he's been paid his appearance fee it's okay yeah so but you know some people take it very hard yeah uh and now we get another rerun from episode six of the Traders UK. Uh, The murder in plain sight. Uh, The traders all get envelopes telling them they have to give someone a poison chalice. 
They have to find a set of three Shakespeare books in the library, which actually contains the chalice. If they can get the faithful's lips to touch the chalice, they will be murdered. And it's specified that this is a slow acting poison and we don't know when the actual death will occur. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this with the previews is very interesting because some of the previews talk, they have like a funeral type procession and say, we're taking someone to their own funeral. So I've kind of been presuming that it would happen overnight like normal. But now I'm wondering, and maybe I'm reading too much into the preview. Now I'm wondering if that person actually survives overnight, but then they get brought to their own funeral and announced what like, okay, uh, you get in the casket Um, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Um, The downside of planning it that way would be if the traders fail, then there's no one to have a funeral for and they've already set it up. (laughs) So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or, or yeah. Well, it's very unlikely, but the annou- Alan announces you are the one who's been killed. Yes. And the sudden, uh, Alan would have to say a bit more than that. He'd have to right. mention you were murdered in plain sight. And that right. person could be like, I drank from a chalice that yeah. Dan gave me last night. That's what it was. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we, you know, they're, there have been all these uh, murder mysteries about someone shows up at a private detective's office and says, I want you to solve a murder. Okay. Whose murder is it? My own. I've been poisoned <laughs> and I only have 48 hours to live, you know? So, you know, there, there you have it. You're contributing to your own murder investigation. There. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, getting back to the, getting back to the fake, real, real fake murders. Anyway, um, Dan and Parvati meet and talk. Uh, Dan thinks it needs to be a woman they target this time because people have already talked about how it must be a man because they've been targeting two men, which I I don't understand that necessarily, but Mm. I I do understand wanting to spread it around a little bit. Uh, Parvati was going to say MJ, but that would be too obvious uh, because she's been focused on Dan. On the other hand, maybe it's so obvious, you know, we've had these discussions before that maybe it's so obvious that people say, well, it couldn't possibly be Dan. Dan is smarter than that. Uh, then again, they note that Phaedra won't let them target Sheree, but in this case, they can maybe do it without her and just come up with a reason afterwards. Yeah. And then John is still somewhat in the mix for some reason, too. Yeah, I think this is a bad decision of Parvati and Dan to mm. pick someone without consulting Phaedra. I, I just think to, to create division between yourselves yeah. this early is uh, it's just not a good idea. Yeah, but on the other hand, it means that they already know that Phaedra is protecting Shuri. For now she is, yeah. I mean, but I'm saying, so they already know she has Shuri in her pocket. Yeah. You know, and so, and they, they haven't been there that long, so it must be very obvious to them. Yeah. Uh, now, it's possible that what happened was you know, last time in the Trader's Turret, one of them mentioned Sheree and Phaedra said, no. So, you know, but <laughs> still, it's it, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Now, because of our discussion in the UK podcast earlier today, I'm paying attention to what they're drinking out of because we were talking <laughs> about that. And I noticed that there are a variety of what I would call chalices. Yes. Uh, So it won't stick out as much as if like everyone was drinking out of champagne flutes and all of a sudden this other one is here. 
Now, we do hear Parvati talk about this, you know, being an old, rusty uh, uh, um, uh, chalice. And, you know, so maybe it's not quite up to the standard of the other ones, but it still at least doesn't stick out as much as we had originally wondered about. Mm -hmm. Phaedra tells us she's staying out of it. So she just she's going to let the other two handle it. Uh, Dan goes searching in the library, finds it much quicker than the UK people <laughs> did, yeah. and points it out to Parvati, who grabs the chalice and then goes to the bar area while saying, she's tonight's bartender, and which is great, unless, you know, we later find out, like we talked about earlier today, uh, you know, unless he says, well, this person was poisoned by something they drank, and then they'll be like, well, who was announcing themselves as the bartender? Yeah. Um, so uh, so John and Cherie are both in there. So two of the possible targets. But Phaedra is with Cherie and sees what's about to happen. Uh, so I think between the two of them, while they don't say anything, Parvati realizes there's a lot of people there. It might be too much heat. So she decides to take her chalice and wine and go to another room. Uh, MJ is there and Parvati stands next to her, but she already has a glass. So it's kind of like, how do I swap? I thought Parvati was going to accidentally like bump her glass, <laughs> yeah. you know, and spill it on the floor or something like that. Oh, well, here, have this one instead. <laughs> um, so then Parvati moves on to figuring out a new target. She knows who it will be, but we are left in the dark as a cliffhanger. Although it seems like she's moving towards Peter, but uh, that's not real clear. I, that's what I, th I thought. It looked like it was going to be Peter, or maybe even uh, is it Bergie? Yes, I like mean he, it, he was kind of there at one point. I thought, is it him? But uh, Peter's from editing seemed like that's what they were leaning right. towards. But right, who that could be a complete fake out. Yes, uh, and she still has to succeed somehow in getting you know getting him to actually drink it. Yeah. So I wondered if. It, uh, a, a way around this was just to pretend and this might not make someone want to drink mm -hmm. it. If you did something like go, oh, this tastes funny or like, oh, this tastes like someone's yeah. two drinks. To, like, can you taste it and see if you think it tastes like that? Like something like that? Just uh, kind of the old, uh, the old, uh, oh, this milk smell smells spoiled. Here, smell it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, this tastes really sweet. Yeah. Do you think this is uh, something yeah. about the just to get someone to test it. And then they doesn't matter what, whether they say yes or no, you've made right. them do it rather than just say, here is an entire drink for you. Right. Yeah. After, and that's the other thing they're doing this after everyone already has drinks, Yeah. which makes it that much more difficult. At least in the UK version, it seems like as we talked about, you know, the person that they were apparently going after didn't have a drink yet. And so they were kind of trying to swap it around. So, uh, I, yeah, it's it's interesting how that was done, the timing of everything, how that was uh, taken care of there. Um, so there we are. That's the end of three episodes. I think we got the important details out there. I think we got a lot of important, uh, you know, really minuscule details, too, in some cases, and uh, didn't have to go too terribly long. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say at this point, I'm happy with the way the season is going. 
I, with this mix of celebrities, I was really hesitant about this season. Uh, I thought it was going to be all about people trying to hog the spotlight, reliving old grudges, um, just there for TV time rather than playing the actual game. And basically a bunch of kids. Yeah. Uh, and instead, they're playing. They are all playing. Some better than others, obviously, but they are indeed playing. And I, I am very happy to have been wrong about that. Yeah, I was sort of pleasantly surprised by the same thing. There's still, and and we don't need to get into this conversation now, there's still a, a whole kind of other conversation we could have about celebrities competing to win mm -hmm. a shitload of money and how does that make us feel as viewers? Uh, it's, it's maybe not so bad as when they have this the half and half cast. I think that's a bit more yeah, half and half difficult is, to take. Yeah, that's the worst. I think that's the worst of all worlds. Yeah, I think um, it's still difficult to root for them, even though they're pro not necessarily rich, and that's a very relative mm -hmm. term. But I think it's different watching people who are not celebrities who have quote unquote ordinary jobs. It's easier to care about them winning a big lot of money. It's not as easy to care about someone who's been on 10 reality shows winning right. even more money. Yeah. And that's, you know, one reason I wasn't too upset to see Johnny Bananas go. You know, he literally does this all the time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even I'll talk about Phaedra a little bit more in a minute, but um, even Phaedra, I feel like she's a lawyer. She's on the Housewives show. You know, it, she she has money. Is $250,000 going to change her life? I'm going to guess no. Mm -hmm. uh, Parvati, as she mentioned, she had just gone through a divorce. She, yes, she won a million dollars, which after taxes was, you know, 600000 or so. And, you know, she's been living her life since then. And I'm, I'm, you know, sure she's okay, but she just went through a divorce. And, she, you know, she has a child and everything else. I'm sure this would make a difference to her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it would. so I think it would make a difference of varying amounts to different people people who were there yeah um but yeah it is a lot easier to root for the person like you said who has the normal job who this really is almost life-changing money yeah. for them yeah i mean i can't imagine anyone rooting for john berko like a conservative <laughs> mp <laughs> to, to win hundreds of thousands yes. of pounds. uh i i can't imagine he's he's got like people cheering him on i mean there's always someone cheering someone you know <laughs> so um now i do want to talk about the traders post-mortem because it's an after show yeah and it's not the silly corporate podcast that the traders uk has that the, the traders unwrapped uh it just focuses on the traders and their victims it's only 11 minutes it's on peacock uh they're there wasn't really much of anything to talk about, even in that 11 minutes. They still have like replay clips. So it's kind of like, wait, I just saw this and you're only 11 minutes long. You don't need to play that clip again, really. Uh, but um, there wasn't really much of anything to talk about, except uh, Dan said for once in his life, Johnny Bananas wasn't selfish and didn't go for a shield. 
which I found amusing because of what I talked about, which was little <laughs> did he know he probably had just come from the House of Villains uh, where he wasn't selfish and lost because of it. So uh, I, I thought that was particularly funny. Uh, the only other thing of interest was that Phaedra said that Johnny Banana's murder was all about it was all Dan's idea. And then Parvati was also interviewed and said if she had been a traitor at that point, she would not have gone that route. So it does appear that like this was all Dan's idea and things could have gone a little bit different uh, in, you know, if things had played out in a, in a, I want, I don't want to say different again, but in a different fashion. Yeah. So with that, um, I don't know. What are your closing thoughts? Uh, closing thoughts. Uh, one, it, it was interesting that in episode three, everyone completely had swerved away from John after uh, he was under such a big spotlight in episode mm-hmm. two. And I, I would like to finish by saying that, you know, I, I, if people listen to the podcast, they know me already and they know my voice at this point. If you're if you're new to this, you might be thinking, hey, he's got a strange accent. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am Scottish. I'm living in Scotland. I, <laughs> Alan Cumming is a very amplified version of Scottish. <laughs> we don't really mostly talk like that. Uh, so when Alan says, welcome to my castle where treachery is abound, I, I pretending to be Alan sound like I'm not even Scottish and I'm faking it. Uh, so this this is like Scotland on amphetamines uh, <laughs> and Alan Alan's outfits. We we don't wear that day to day. You don't. Just, just want to put that out there that it's like this is like Disneyland version of Scotland. I mean it's uh, it. I mean it's Alan Cummings. Also, you know, I mean it's you know I do want to hear you say murdered. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want me to actually say it, or do you want me to say it like Alan says it? I want you to say it like Alan says it. Yeah. Alan really. says, well, yeah. Alan says a few things that are wild, like traitor and murder. Yes. Uh, which is, if someone said that to me, <laughs> and every day I would look at them and say, "Why are you talking like that?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I know that we had gotten a request. Uh, from someone in comments to predict who will win. Now they wanted us to predict it after the first episode, but since we watched all three at once, there was no way to do that. So we'll predict it now. Um, and so I'll go first as much as it pains me. I do not think Sandra Parvati, Dan or Janelle will win. Um, Dan and Janelle have already drawn too much attention. Sandra is too well-known, especially after Suri won last time. I don't see people letting Sandra go to the end. And like you said, this isn't a 50-50, uh, you know, civilian and celebrity situation. So she doesn't have a group of fan faithfuls to to use to get to the end. Yeah. Nobody is going to worship her the way the people worshiped Suri. Uh, and I'm, you know, Sari is worthy of that worship, as is Sandra. So, uh, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I do think Phaedra is doing a very good job so far. I don't think she's attracted any attention, and she has friends in the game, like the way she was protecting Sheree. I'm going to protect or predict another traitor's win, and I think Phaedra 
is going to be the traitor who wins. Okay. Uh, yeah, I forgot about this request. So this was Megan who uh, donated on the podcast coffee page, which I'll mention oh, that's in a few minutes. Okay. Uh, so she put in a nice donation and then I requested that we we predict this. I, yeah, I'd actually forgotten. Uh, so you've had a I'm busy like... day. You, you've had a day. <laughs> I'm going to uh, not predict that a traitor will win this time. Mm. I think Faithful will win. Um, uh, and I'm going to go for like someone who is a bit, quieter and may just coast through the whole show mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm going to go for Kevin I'm going to say Kevin and maybe his strange plan that he's come up with with Peter will work mm. so uh, let's go for that Kevin will Kevin's going to make it to the end well okay it can't be just one faithful so who else with Kevin Kevin and Peter their plan is going to work. That's right. It's such a successful plan. That would be amazing <laughs> if it if it did work. I will say that. Um, so, all right. Well, unless you have any other thoughts, I believe it's time to uh, finish our game. Yes, as uh, we we've been playing the traitor traitor. Ooh. Ah. We've been trying to deceive one another throughout this whole episode. David, did you lie to me? I did. <laughs> I lied to you too. Yeah, that sucks because <laughs> I have no clue what yours is, but go ahead. Okay, I'm going to guess your lie. Okay. Now, it could be, you, you talked a lot about different shows people have been on, and I am none the wiser. You could have been making up all of that every time you mentioned House of Villains or Big Brother. You could have been switching shows around and I would just be like nodding along. However, I don't think you did do that because I think you might think I had at least checked up on those things. I'm going to guess something from way back at the beginning. You said that both of your sons went to Illinois University. Is that your lie? No, we are a three-generation <laughs> University of Illinois household. No. <laughs> so bad at this. Uh, people think uh, I watch The Traitors and I do a podcast on it and I'd be, I'm so strategic and I can figure, I, I'm none the wiser. <laughs> uh, in that case, you're, you're going to have to tell me, David, what did you lie about? So, so there was a reason that I messaged you and said, Hey, are you able to watch the Traders after show? And you said no. And I was thinking, good that I can lie to you about it. And Does so this show not exist at all. No, it exists. <laughs> uh, it's just that the whole part about Parvati saying if she had been a traitor, she wouldn't have voted for Johnny Bananas. She wasn't even on for that part. Um, and I thought there was a clip at the beginning, I and it might have even been. I can't remember where the clip was showing uh, Phaedra saying I, you know, that was all Dan's idea. So I thought if you saw any clip, you might see that and assume, oh, there was another clip after that of Parvati. Uh, so, yeah, it was just a clip of, of Phaedra saying Johnny Bananas was all Dan's idea. And there was nothing about Parvati at all. So devious. Uh, yeah, as soon as you started talking about the extra show, you could have said anything. Yes. And I, and I just would have smiled and nodded. 
<laughs> so you of course go, now and- you're going to suspect every single one of my messages in the future, much like I did with you. You know, when you were like, "Oh, I have a computer problem," I'm like, "Uh-huh, sure you do." <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, unless that maybe I was lying about that. Yeah, I, did, I didn't mention it to it. You podcast, didn't mention so, it. So, so. I, yeah, yeah. I'm I am stumped. I really do not. I think I'm gonna bat five hundred today because I, I I got you the first time. I don't even know. I mean, did you say anything about? people what did you say about people you said you didn't know that marcus and um and larsa were together and you didn't realize it until that point in the show i'm gonna go with that especially since they were kissing at breakfast so i'm gonna say that that was the lie that was not my lie i I genuinely passed me by yeah yeah it wasn't until that moment i thought oh yeah yeah Dave, david had said there was a, a couple and i guess i saw them in the car earlier yeah no i i really just was blind to that so that was not my lie yeah go <laughs> <laughs> my lie was uh we mentioned fergus and i said oh fergus is played ah. by i i was a bit sneaky fergus is not is an actor uh and it's not his real name I said he was called Richie John, uh, uh, and I made up uh, a Twitter username. <laughs> his name is John Richie. I I reversed his name, and I I said his his account was John Richie seventy seven. Then actually, it's John Richie seventy three. But it wasn't a lie that he does follow the podcast. Okay, ah, I should have caught something about that, but no, <laughs> I I didn't. I didn't even remember that point. So. Yeah, I, I'm doing so badly recently that I'm so excited <laughs> to actually win one for, for once. Hooray. All right. Well, um, if uh, people want to reach us, uh, we'll start, I guess, with me here. And um, I am all over social media. You can find my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE in the URL for linktree. Or you can find me on most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky as at David Bloomberg. On video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram as at David Bloomberg TV. And because Threads is connected to Instagram, I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well. You need to get on Threads. I keep trying to tag you on things on Threads, and you're not there. Um, I've just started TikTok. Hold on, steady on. Well, threads, threads is easy because you already have the Instagram, so it's it's easy. Uh, speaking of Instagram, TikTok, and uh, YouTube, I post uh, reality TV short videos on those sites every day. At least one, uh, some days two. Uh, it will be more as things go on. Uh, right now, they're a mix of the Traders UK, the Traders US, the Trust and some survivor flashbacks uh as we record this today i posted like the intro uh an intro compilation of the survivor u.s traders i'm sorry not the the traders u.s traders traders um and also uh something that you had you and i had both thought of it you know roughly the same time a uh a video showing the pictures (laughs) from the traders uk of (laughs) Uh, showing poor Ash surrounded by much more gigantic traders and reminding us both independently of 
the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits with the other uh, other uh, people who are in the fellowship. Uh, so I, I posted those things today. Yes, that made me laugh. And you can keep up to date with the Tradar Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at the Tradar Podcast, or on X at the Tradar Pod. You could also email me with any questions, thoughts, comments, nice ones, uh, by emailing <laughs> me at the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. And if you wanted to follow my, my sort of writing page, I'm at Matthew J. Keeley on Instagram and uh x yes that's the other one uh and i mentioned uh coffee earlier i said a couple of people had contributed uh there is a coffee page for the podcast it's ko-fi.com slash matthew keely if you felt like you were enjoying the podcast and you wanted to help out with the running costs you could head over there and make a one-off donation for whatever amount you choose that would be lovely and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's it's short for buy me a coffee, you know, like, oh, you know, I like what this person is doing. I'll, you know, throw a few bucks their way and, and buy them a coffee. Uh, in this case, it's more like buy Matthew the ability to keep publishing this podcast. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will be here next week twice again. Uh, now we will only have. Uh, one UK podcast and one US podcast to deal with. That'll be a lot easier than one UK podcast and three, three. US <laughs> podcasts. Uh, so, uh, so everyone should look for us in both of those ways next week. And uh, I don't know. Do you have any words of wisdom to close us out? I, I've I've given all of my wisdom away today, so uh, we've I, we can't possibly give any more. All right. Well, with that, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will see you in a week. And uh, stay traitorous. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.